guys, brand new podcast. And the Top Shop World Tour is launching January 8th. Stockholm sold out. Limited tickets and tickets in Oslo. We've got a bunch of tickets in Germany. You'd think with the name Kreischer, I'd sell out immediately, right? It's like Gabriel Iglesias goes to South Texas and everyone's like, oh, I got I to check this guy out. Bert Kreischer. Maybe if I did more. Anyway, I'll be in Europe until, uh, until the end of January. And then we kick off the top, tops off U.S. leg of the tour. And that is in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where we have added a show in Williamsport. Hershey, Pennsylvania. TD Gardens. I know everyone's hitting me up saying that it's sold out and they can't get tickets. We will add seats. I hope we will add seats. I know we can add seats. And then, and then we're off to Tampa and Orlando. I'm really, honestly, excited for my Tampa, Tampa gig at the Amelie Center. If you're from Tampa, if you're in Tampa, come see me. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. Tops off world tour. Today's podcast, let's just get to it. Today's podcast is with uh, Natasha Legero. She is one of the funniest people. Her and her husband, Moshe Kasher, are... My favorite, that's one of my favorite couples, obviously, along with Tom and Christina. They made me pay, say that. They're like, don't ever bring up other couples in comedy. We're the number one comedy couple. Rich and Bonnie suck. No, uh, Moshe, and, Moshe and Natasha are fucking hilarious. I've known Natasha for a while. Uh, I just had Moshe on, the, on, on Something's Burning. And, uh, and I, I think I had both of them on the podcast a long time ago. And they were fucking awesome. And she just wrote a brand new book. It's called The World Deserves My Children. It's right here. You can get it. There's a link in our bio. So you can click on it and get it. It's a great Christmas present. If Christmas already happened, if Christmas already happened, it would have been a great Christmas present. Uh, It is right here. Go get it. Support her. She is fucking awesome. She is hilarious. Uh, Without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian and author, Natasha Luzero. into your new place i remember you had some like this looks awesome oh thank you very much the world deserves my children what was like can i tell you i noticed like my wife went through this like this i feel like every time um, uh i don't know the right way to say this but like leanne thought i'm gonna become a billionaire yeah, how many moms did you run into that were like, I have the next big billionaire mom idea? What? None. Are you serious? What are you talking about? <laughs> Keep, hold on to her. <laughs> so when she had a baby, she was like, I'm going to be a billionaire. I Is, was like, I'm going to retire. Really? <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, I did write a book. You, yeah, the, you wrote a fucking book. No, I remember. What's every, her idea? Well, she had ideas for like... Uh, like things that would like a, a bag that would hang on the on the right. like those. And there was like I remember that energy being around every mom. And I was like, I wonder if it had something to do with like hormones. Oh, that's interesting. Like they're like, I'm going to. Well, because it is very degrading being a mom. So maybe like it's gets you out of it <laughs> to try to like <laughs> fantasize that you could like invent something. Well, I, like you figure if, if back in the day, can you is it? easy to wrap your head around the fact that back in the day a woman would go to the river and just give birth <laughs> is that easy to me for me to wrap <laughs> like my having head around given, having given birth can you think of that and go oh yeah that yeah like you see the you see the videos of like i don't know if you're watching house of dragons or anything i don't know what that is it's 
Of course you don't. Is that Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. It's a new one. It's called House of Dragons. Something or something. Are you going to get hate mail because I don't know about this? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I don't like like um, fantasy. Really? Or Marvel or where, where people's hands become guns. I'm not interested in any of that. Can I tell you? Is this you? the wrong podcast? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I never liked, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not into imaginary stuff. Like I like Me realness. Me neither. I like the realness. I like, but I also don't, I don't like horror. I have no interest in being scared. I have no interest in, um, I don't like suspense because I already know what's going to happen. You know what's interesting though? Horror is the new comedy. That's the thing that people go out to I, see together. It used to be comedies. Isn't it crazy to think that when, when we were kids, Comedy was the thing. Mm-hmm. They meatballs or like caddy three stuff. years ago. <laughs> yeah, and now and now it's it's just horror. That's the the three biggest movies right now are horror movies, and they always go, "What do you what do you, how do you think they're gonna save the comedy genre?" I go, "Just start making them again." Like, yeah. Have, when was the last time you pitched a movie? Um, I mean, I pitch movies. I pitch things a lot. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I turned one movie into a TV show and what, sold it. What was that? Well, I'm doing it right now. Oh, for you're doing Fox. it right yes. now for Fox. Yes. Wait. What is this question? What is this Wait, line of question? Because 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 the basic com- comedies are pretty basic, mm. whereas horror seems fairly basic as well. Uh, uh, there's a chick in a well. That's the whole fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like it really is the device of, oh look out what's behind you, you know, and it's and it's ba- I mean theoretically comedy and horror are the same thing. It's all based on surprise. Right? Right. That's such a good point. It's all based so on it surprise. makes sense. But why has it taken over? Is it because you can't offend in a horror movie and comedy? Oh, oh, you're allowed to. That's amazing. You're allowed to completely offend in a horror movie. Meaning you could go and have a horror guy just kill black people. Like uh the movie, the guy that made that made the movie about the black guy. The Jordan Peele. Jordan oh Key. no! No, or no, no, not even nope. The other one too, where they just kill black oh, people. Us, yeah, us. They, they or no, they, even the other one where they just get, get out. out. He, that's all he does is kill black people. He, that's all they do. In the, is like is is and in and, and in a weird way, if you made the joke about the premise of the movie in a comedy movie, people would get offended. But you can make a movie about that's probably a broad stroke. I see. So maybe maybe we can get away with a little more. You, you think? can get away with the most horrific, uh, like. I mean, theoretically, you can you can show a movie where they rape a woman, and it's totally acceptable. Uh, they have TV right. shows. Right, there's not a lot of comedy rapes. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> do you remember the one time I said to you, I was in, do you, you're never going to remember this. I've brought this up to you like three times, too, I think. You were with your brother, and we were at the improv. Mm-hmm. And, and I said... I said, I feel like I feel like every woman I've ever d- dated has been raped, and you're like, I think that's just you. <laughs> you do you remember? Is that I do not remember this. <laughs> is that really true? It's, oh yeah, every woman. I've, not, there's one woman that I don't know, uh, but like my first girlfriend in college was she told me about it was sexually assaulted when she was in high school um leanne has talked about it leanne was sexually assaulted in college the numbers are staggering and it is like i think one out of three women and having you know i have a child who's four-year-old girl and it's really sad and scary and i was just doing a benefit for sexual assault and i had to follow a cosby survivor 
And she was telling the story that I didn't even know that no one believed her. They had lawyers. And then one day, you know, she was trying to campaign with other women. No one would listen to their case. And then she opened up her computer and Hannibal Burris was this viral video. And then finally someone called her and they're like, we we want to gather all the people. And so it's like without Hannibal doing that, these people just had no voice. And you forget, like now at least we're starting to, you know, take women more seriously. But I mean, it's crazy to think that like it's that Hannibal was just fucking around. I know. And I then, know. And, and I mean, I'm, I mean, he did a good thing. I'm sure he's he's, he's annoyed not- at it because of his like, you know, having having that stigma. I mean, it's like he wasn't. But anyway, the I mean, point there was is- a, there was a huge swath of of uh, at least uh, hip hop guys who are like. And there's a huge swath of people still out there that use the hashtag free Bill Cosby. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. He seems to be like the worst of them. Well, I think there's a. As someone who's been drugged. Uh, You've been drugged? Yeah. I've, well, I've been drugged a number of times. But by been, your probably, friends? Oh, yeah. I was drugged by Ari. You knew that, right? No. He drugged you? <laughs> yeah. What did he give you? Molly. Without you knowing? Yeah, without me knowing. What? At my house in front of my kids. Yeah. Did did you did you um forgive him? Yeah, I have I have since forgiven him. He's got a new special, it's pretty good. Um Oh wait, so you were on mall and then how long does it take? I'm sorry if you've tried this no, before, no, but no. how long does it take before you realize you're on drugs? It took me about an hour, 40 minutes before I started going like something's off. Like I feel weird. I feel off. And Ari's there like, oh, what what, what do you think's going on? Do you yeah. want to watch TV? Or he's just like, oh, he's like, he's like, he's like, are you, are you, are you feeling weird? Are you, are you feeling weird? Maybe, maybe you've been drugged. Maybe you've been drugged. All right. I'm going to say something. You can't get angry. I'll give you Molly earlier. Did he apologize? He has since apologized profusely. Malian won't speak to him. My daughters, <laughs> my daughters hate his guts. My daughters hate his no. guts. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it. It actually is fairly tragic because, um, as I'm sure you know, there is a there is a sweet side to Ari that shows up that you can that is very there's a very sweet side. And my daughters, my wife, all knew that sweet side, but then they saw this side, and it's very hard to it's very hard to forgive this side. And, you know, it's I, I think. Well, he didn't have to involve the kids. Well, he did. They he didn't. He, he, he didn't. Know. I don't think he even thought about it. They were just right. what was supposed to happen was I was supposed to do a podcast with Ari and then go have dinner with my family and then go on the road. And, uh, Oh my God. And instead I got slipped Molly. But I, and my, my point was, it's like Dahmer. Remember in that show, they just keep like, he just keeps putting like some powder and diet Coke. Oh, it's, it's, uh, have you gotten drugged like that? And then that's how he did it. He put it in my drink and then gave me my drink and then I drank it. And, it is it's it it is diabolical, meaning like. Well, at least he, he didn't try to sexually take advantage. Well, of my you. daughter, Isla, thought he raped me. She was like, "Hey, you got roofied and raped in the backyard." And I was like, "No, that's not. Wait, no, I raped." Just, yeah, I was like, "Wait," she, I was like, "Wait, you guys thought I was raped in the backyard? Like, no one said anything. You thought Ari fucked me in the backyard? Oh yeah, it was it was it was a shit show to explain because I also talked about it on Rogan, and obviously, you know, that's one of I don't I don't think anyone was aware of how big Rogan was at the time. I mean, mm. maybe Joe was. But like my daughter's uh, kids in her school knew about it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, did was it funny at all? Uh, I mean, in like personally, no. I mean, like personally, like now it's like somewhere. Now it's an. In, I mean, it's a. It's I lived through it. It's kind of like fucking crazy, but uh, but 
the there is a feeling so like my daughter's car got stolen yesterday and having had a car stolen before also i identify with that feeling of being violated where you Mm. feel like someone went through your stuff that's my thing and they took my thing and they did things with my thing and uh and obviously i'll never i'll never say that being just drugged and not sexually assaulted is similar but being drugged like those girls were drugged by cosby there is like a fucking really weird like leanne said it the best was like now you're under my control and that is what fucks me up that's what's really fucked me up for like a month and more so probably like i don't trust anybody like i don't take drinks from anybody anymore i won't i won't hit a joint with anybody i'm like i definitely wow yeah and but that that's what the I'm, I'm, there's you know there's not, one's not better than the other it's all horrible but that feeling of like when you lose control of, like there's someone thinking like you're no longer a person it, mm. and it, it really it fucked my head up and i and i luckily with someone like ari which i don't think anyone had this with bill cosby they couldn't go hey bill i was really fucked up what you did to me you know and i think the fact that he was just like didn't do it don't know it like that is fucking that is not only like just psychotic but that would be what would be infuriating that's where i identify with those women where you go at least i had the closure i got to talk to her and go you know that that's really fucked up and he was like i'm really sorry and well that's good yeah yeah i mean he probably wants someone to do that to him he's had it happened he thinks it would be fun probably yeah because he doesn't have kids and you know life is a party when was the last time you did drugs um i did ayahuasca a couple weeks ago (laughs) Is that a big enough drug for you, Bert? It was way, <laughs> way bigger than I thought I was going to get. Wait, what? Wait, tell me about it. Have was... you always had those dimples? I have. Holy shit. Those are insane. <laughs> they might be getting more indented as I get older. Maybe they'll start getting wrinkles or something. No, you have two on one cheek. No, it's one. No, it's almost. Oh, that's a zit. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it really is. Like there's the dimple and then a pimple. No, no, no. There's a little Pimp- dimple. Dimple, dimple. In front dimple. Of, yeah. Okay. Okay. So wait, tell me about ayahuasca. It was amazing. Have you done it? No, I'm afraid to. Really? Yeah, I don't have that brain. The brain? That what do you goes... think? You need to have a high IQ or something? Well, you have to have a, Not have that to... you don't have a high IQ, honey. <laughs> you did get drugged by your friend, but. <laughs> no, I uh, I don't have the brain that can just let go. I see what you're saying. Yes, it was very intense. And I, I would say the physicalness, like the physical uncomfortability, like we got there and it was like, I thought we'd be outside and in Who's nature. Who's we? Did Mo do it too? No, I did it with a girlfriend. I heard about a place. I thought it was going to be outside, you know, um, in nature. And we're in this like converted garage in some weird part of town and everyone's stacked in and on, you have like a little chair, like one of those like, you know, meditation chairs. Oh. And then on to your right is two little buckets. One is for your vomit and one is for your Kleenex. So this, I, this is not you. You can't, this is like, this isn't the Natasha I know. Like, no, this, well, this is part of my journey of like, you know, my book, The World Deserves My Children. Um, is this on video? Yeah. My book is all about, you know, trying to come back to like, who is the pre-motherhood Natasha? Because like, I feel like I was this cool woman with all this joie de vivre and I would like go to Africa at the drop of a hat and go to Thailand and, you know, uh, go river rafting with no helmet. Like I just had, I would, I I was just not afraid of anything. And now having a baby, a child, a toddler now she is, I feel like all of this like fear and paralyzed, I feel very paralyzed and I'm sure the pandemic didn't help. But, you know, from not, 
being a fearful person and then just coming to terms with who this person is, I think that I wanted something that could get me out of this kind of feeling of fear. And do you feel that with kids? No, I actually, I felt less fear with having kids, but Leanne, when I met her was this person, just like you said, Mm -hmm. on her 30th birthday, we were out at, we camped at, uh, at, uh, out in Catalina and she walked, walked, swam out to a rock, climbed up a rock, uh, climbed to the top of it, jumped off and was, and egging me on. And I'm not, that is not my brain. Amazing. And, and then we went camping again after we had Georgia, that same place. And we went, I went, I had fun. I jumped off the rock with her that first, when she was 30, then at 33, we went and did it or 32. And I said, let's jump off the rock. She said, I don't want to. And I went, really? And she goes, I I don't know. There's something, I'm not that same person anymore. And it's really interesting you say that because she was a wild person. I mean, I I have a story about us having sex one time. And and it's one of the, it's it's the person I, look, I still love her. But like the person I fell in love with, she got on these fucking, this wave runner. And she's like, follow me. And she just hauls ass in this lake in Alabama. And she starts flying down these little like little canals into this opening and by the time i finally catch up to her she's naked (laughs) swimming in this big opening and it's raining and she's just laying in the water she's like take your clothes off get in and i'm just and i'm terrified i'm like what about alligators what about snakes like i grew up in florida like everything could kill you but you're still attracted that's probably something that you're attracted to oh i was right my heart was racing and i was like fuck i jumped in the water and we had the best sex we've ever I, 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 that I could say top to bottom that we've ever had in our lives. It was it was amazing. And for eighteen years, I had wanted to to recreate that. Like I, every time Aww. we got to the lake, I'd go follow me, and I could never find the hole, and I could never find the thing. And then, and then one day, this is probably like three years ago, I we get on the wave runners, and I find the hole, and she, we're going together, and it's just organic, and I'm like, oh. So I go back to the thing and I and I, we get to the thing and I look at her and I go, you want to jump in the water? And the look on her face was like, oh, you've been trying to do this for <laughs> fucking 15 years. But like she didn't even remember the, the I mean, oh. and she was like, honey, it's we're older. We're not as agile. We're, we're overweight. Like, let's why ruin what was great. And with a memory of us just trying to stay afloat and maybe being like out of breath and being like uh, uh uh and i was like oh yeah i guess but like that's that's such a hard thing because yeah moshe's the same way he really wants to like you know be young and stay in this zone and you know then that's another thing we don't have children to stay the same so you know whoa, that whoa whoa <laughs> fuck me do you realize that that is that should be on every condom so that you realize what you're about to do because no one no one goes that's the most accurate statement about having children but you don't realize that's what you're doing i kept saying to leanne i didn't sign up for this Mm. like i didn't sign up for not the responsibility i don't mind the responsibility the vulnerability fucked me i fucked me and when you say vulnerability do you because i i really the way i relate to that is like Everyone's like, oh, it's like the biggest love you'll ever have in your life. You're cracked oh, open. Fuck. That's not real. But then it's like love is also you could replace fear. It's fear. With that word. It was fear. 
Yeah. The first time you remember, you remember the first time your kid got like sick, got legit sick, yes. and you were terrified, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And you realized very acutely, "Oh, if I lose this thing, I'm fucked. Like I'm fucked forever. Like I'm not. I have to I'd, kill myself or something." Yeah. I there's no bouncing back. The old bird's gone forever. If something happens to this little thing, I remember Georgia's diaper was like falling off or she had gotten some bad virus that Leanne, Leanne knows the name of it, but like, and her diaper was falling off. We couldn't get her to hold down fluids. All I did was focus on getting fluids in that fucking kid's mouth. That's all like, I mean, it was like my, I was so OCD about it. I was so anxiety ridden, but the the vulnerability of like, Taking her to first, to third grade was the one that was tough for me. It was a new school, and she, I would to this day we talk about it. She brought me back to uh, it was a new school, new neighborhood. It was our old house. She goes, Dad, come back to the, my bedroom. So I go back to her bedroom, and uh, mind you, third grade, she didn't know anyone. These kids have known each other for two years. And by the way, that might be the thing that defines me. My biggest fear in the world is meeting new people. That social anxiety is why I do stand up. It's I I, I live loud because of it. She throws on a fedora and she goes, she goes, looks cool. And I go, yeah, it looks really cool. And she goes, I, I, I knew you'd like it. I, didn't, I wasn't going to run it past mom. And I went, are you you're wearing that? And she was like, yeah, you said it looks cool. And in my head, I was like, don't stand out. Don't stick out. Like, don't, she looks right. like, and I was like, just show up and don't fucking just be like hey guy like and she put the fedora on and then we rode bikes and i remember shit had to put her helmet on i had the fedora and i was like i'm just gonna hold on to it she'll forget about it everyone's lining up we're standing outside the class she didn't know anyone and she's nervous and she looks at me she's like dad fedora and i'm like god damn it (laughs) i was like don't put the fucking fedora on so i give her the fedora she's like I look good and i was like don't i go at it i got so mad at leanne i go you fucking tricked me i go i didn't sign up for this i was so riddled with anxiety mm. and 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 vulnerability and and just fucked for the whole day and then i go to pick her up and she doesn't have the floor on i go where's the floor and she goes are you kidding dad everyone's wanted to wear my fedora today and i was like are you fucking serious and she goes i made so many friends because of that fedora and i was like Oh my god! Wow. Oh my god! And so I was like, I got you. you just gotta let go. But then, I mean, you saw. I don't know if you saw the picture of me dropping her off at college. No, I have to see it. It's so bad. But, oh. but see, you weren't able to let go. That's the same way I feel, and I feel like I'm this helicopter parent as well, which I did not think I would be. You know, just in the sense of like trying to make sure she's safe at all times. We and didn't have kids to. What did you say? I stay the same. What the fuck? That well, is that is so true, but I didn't. So many people. This was me dropping her off at college. No, wait, she's in college. I know. What? Uh, yeah, she's in college. Yeah. No. No, I fucking don't get me started. It's it's the where they grow up. I mean, yeah, everyone's you know they grow up so fast as that thing, and then all of a sudden one day you're like, you know, you're hitting her up, and yeah, and they, I mean, but it's it's different. It's good. It's good. Like it's good, but I had to be like, I had to like let her go. What was, how how quickly were these realizations to you? Because oh. what's beautiful about someone like you as a comic, your brain is consistently thinking, and and feeling, and and well, by the way, we're getting back to this fucking ayahuasca journey. <laughs> but but when you when when you started realizing, did you have any postpartum? No. Did you? What? I mean, I had my own struggles. Like, I mean, maybe it's not that relatable, but like, I didn't want to breastfeed, and I really? was able to. 
But I was like, because when you breastfeed, this is what you don't understand. You can't leave your house without then pumping in a bathroom. So yeah. like I remember I was at the arc light squeezing my tits into like a sink so I could like finish a, the Mr. Rogers documentary. And then I'm like, what is my life? Like I'm not you. I, I need more mobility in my life, you know? And, yeah. and then I asked the pediatrician if it was OK. And she was like, yeah, you know, you did three months. That's good. And I asked my um you know, the gynecologist. And he was like, oh, honey, I wouldn't do any. You know, he was like, he's like this gay guy. He's like, just feed him Similac. They'll be fine. So, you know, I was like that. But that was a big struggle for me because they were there was a lot of pressure to keep breastfeeding. Yeah. You know, but anyway, that's not postpartum. But I think everyone has their own journey. Yeah. But no, I did not have depression. But when, I, when did you when was the first time you started realizing like, oh, shit, I'm I'm changing. I'm really changing. You know what? It's my husband because he's like starting to notice that I'm afraid of things and I'm afraid of, you know, I'm not, I'm not that same like wild spirit like your wife, you know, it's like, I think it's, and I always tell him, I'm like, it's physiological. Like I really think something happens when you give birth or become a mom, however it happens. And you're just kind of like hardwired in this new way that kind of goes counter to, you know, being this like, fun loving woman who goes to Paris and smokes cigarettes. And <laughs> that, I mean, that, I, by the way, that kind I mean, it would really suck to lose that. I know. I know. And, and I don't know a, how to get it back. So I was like, maybe a heavy drug could help. <laughs> so then, so what was the, so how about your, your child right now is four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, did, so tell me about the, like what, at what point did you, do you talk to Moshe about it? Oh yeah. It it he was like, uh, can you go do that soon? <laughs> really? He was like, I think you need to go do that. He's one of the most I I have to say this. He's one of the funniest human beings ever, 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 ever. I just was talking to him about him with someone. Maybe I think it was Tom. Actually, it was Tom. Oh, he worked on your show, right? What? He just did something. Yeah, we just did something's burning. And uh we were talking about Moshe Paralyzed. It's on the episode of Two Bears This Week. And um he is the funniest fucking human being, but he also is a bizarre guy in the fact that he is sober, but still goes to Burning Man. You know, he actually does live a very full life, surfs, all the stuff he does. He's very he active. He has loves to way camp. too many hobbies. He seems like a guy that should be drinking IPAs. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, maybe that's why he just keeps collecting hobbies. Yeah. But like, you know, I didn't, I haven't gotten any new hobbies since I had a baby. You know, it's like, I don't have, <laughs> but he makes the time for it. Yeah. So I do admire that. And, you know, I interview him in the book. And one thing he taught me that I didn't really know was that like his job, he said, because we have all these arguments about like, we'll go camping. And he's like, I want her to experience the fire. So he'll move the pack and play like closer to the campfire. I'm like, I don't, it's flammable. Let's move it back. Yeah, and, You know, we'll go yeah. back and forth. Oh, a burned baby. <laughs> but oh he's God. like, he's like, I want her to be really experiencing like, you know, and, and he's like, my job is the chief fun officer. That's my job as dad. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting, I guess. Like, I, I, I'm glad I have that. And even my daughter, she was like, mommy, thanks for finding me the best dad ever. Like, she's like very, and, and I really was like, not someone who thought they were going to breed, you know? And then yeah. when I met Moshe, I was like, okay, I feel like, I feel like he could fertilize one of my eggs. 
<laughs> and I deemed him worthy and I'm glad I did. And yes, he's he's very smart. He's a great dad. But that that really is like something we butt heads about because he still wants me to be like this crazy person who wants to do all, you know, anything. And I'm kind of like very focused on her safety at all times. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which, I, I was like that. Le and really? Leanne, yeah, Leanne was a little more like uh, let them drive the wave runners. And I only say this because it only really happens it only really happens when we're around her family mm. and she becomes a little more adventurous because I, there's a weird thing maybe it's from her childhood or something it's uh i mean i i it would i'd be getting diving into therapy shit but it's like she's only spanked our children one of our children once you're not supposed to spank kids anymore uh yeah no shit <laughs> um I, I well i was it was a big issue it was a big issue because it was a while back it was maybe 10 years ago and uh isla i mean if anyone deserved to get spanked it was isla at this moment we were at the lake and this was my my issue we were at the lake her aunts had bought the um furniture for the lake everyone chipped in for this lake house right so everyone had a little bit of things that they owned in this lake house and, and the aunts owned put, bought the couches and isla got out of the lake in her bathing suit and was jumping on the couch and she got spanked it gets worse and uh they go, Isla, stop jumping on them couches. And she just keeps jumping. And they're like, Isla, you will listen to me, young lady. You stop jumping on those couches. And she's still jumping on the couches. And then they came over and they said, Isla, you will get off right now and do not disrespect our furniture. And Isla's <laughs> off the couch. She looks at one of her aunts, turns and spits on the couch. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> And Leanne took her into the bed. And they, I think someone was hitting that kid. <laughs> and I think How Leanne, old was she at the time? Probably six, maybe seven. Whoa. And so spit? Leanne spit on the couch. I feel like my daughter would do that. Yeah. Oh, it was. And and what do you do? I've been, been hit twice. My dad spanked her one time. But like like a smacked her ass because she was bothering him or whatever. And she, both times I was like, I was like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on your team. But we, got, we had a big fight about it because I said. I think you only spanked her because you were around your family. Like if you weren't around my family, I don't think you would have spanked her. Like, and I would have never, I would never spank a child because, but I'm also 200 pounds bigger than her. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that's fair. But we were all spanked. I was spanked. I was, I was slapped. I was, my mouth was washed out with soap. We had a big silver piece of wood that said paddle on it. And my mom would like whack us with it. I mean, we that had a was, kitchen spoon. Ooh, that, that sounds hard. Yeah, kitchen spoon was a legit threat and then one day i broke the spoon over my knee <laughs> what do you think of all of this new parenting style that's just like acknowledge the child make sure that they you know you have to really hear them you know like i have a yeah. friend and her kid was about to hit the dog Ooh. with like a wrench and she ran in and she goes you're so good at building but we must be careful with the dog. So it's like this, like a positive jolt before you ever reprimand them is like yeah. the new thing, I guess. And like, it's so counter to what we were taught. It or... was not how I was raised. No, no one was raised that way. But now it's all about, what's it called? Not acknowledging. It's like um, just making sure that they're seen and heard and all of their, and everything's validated. You must validate all of their feelings at oh, all times. I've, I've, I don't. I, I was not a. I I was not a great. I still. I mean, Leanne says I shit on my parenting really aggressively, but I'm pretty honest with my my lack where I lacked as a parent. 
I lacked patience. Mm. Um, I still lack patience. I would, I had to learn when George was in high school, we had a big headbutt scenario. And what I was doing was she was fucking up. And then I was, I was meeting her fuck up with energy up here. Mm. So, and then I realized, well, this is the payout for anything. So there's no payoff for her to be honest because I'm going here. And so she might as well lie and do anything and really be bad because ultimately she's seen as bad as it gets and she knows that's where it's going. I would scream and fucking not scream, but like raise my voice and try to like, I, I would, I would need, I remember saying one time I, I need her to, I need to know she's hearing me. So I need to see it in her eyes. So I would try to find the energy to make that realization. And I realized, I realized in this room that that's not the right way to parent that, uh, empathy and getting them to be honest with you and open with you about things was the right way to parent and i did not i didn't do that for all of the pandemic or at least the last year of the pandemic well i mean you do what you can and i think as long as you're loving you know i was well at the time i wasn't even fucking loving at the time I mean, but they do like, say now that if you if you raise your voice it's showing your kids that you've lost control uh yeah that's and that's <laughs> that's accurate that's all i did that's all i did so wait so uh yeah, I, I, uh, I've watched, I've watched, I've watched parenting. It's fun to watch parenting from with like you and Moshe will really enjoy when your daughter's like 10 or 12 and you go to another friend's house and see their parenting mm. and you watch them just shit show it all over the living room and you guys look at each other like, whoa, we're killing it. This is, I mean, I remember my, my sister who's we had a conversation with her today she is a much better parent today than she was when she first got her son <laughs> but he uh <laughs> in order to calm him down if he was having a temper tantrum they would sing him happy birthday and put a cake out and light a candle what <laughs> my, me and my wife were like what the Stop fuck are we it. watching they'd be like but they do it in this they're panic, like it calms him down in, in like a panic, that like almost in a futuristic movie where, like, do you remember? Do you remember? Can, okay, this is such a stretch. Do you remember the Twilight Zone movie? Yes. Do you remember the little boy that was in the house that had magic powers and everyone was terrified of him, and they were like, and but they go, "Happy birthday to you, <laughs> happy birthday," and me and Leanna are like, "What the fuck are they doing?" And I pull my sister aside. I go, "I think you're fucking up your kid. Like you can't just pretend it's his birthday every time he gets upset." Oh my god! But I mean, it really does come back to the root of the problem because Moshe says, and he he does an impression of me when something is wrong with our kid. He's he said, "I just say, do you want an ice cream sundae?" <laughs> so I think that like. Her feeling that's that's my problem. And maybe the she the woman got the man on board for this, your your sister, because yeah. it's like I don't want her to feel pain. Oh. I don't want her to be uncomfortable. I don't you know, we're sitting in a hot tub and she's like, I want that seat. I'm like, OK. And then Moshe will be like, why are you letting her have your seat? I'm like, I don't care which seat I have. And he's like, no, but you're teaching her. She's going to be an asshole. Like, how do we make her not become an asshole? And I'm like, well, I just want her to be happy. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to really almost as a practice, say no to her. And it's so hard because oh, yeah. I watched that Amy Winehouse documentary and the mom said the one thing the mom said that I'll never forget. She's like, I could never say no to Amy. And I'm like, oh, 
So that's what happens if you, <laughs> if you just always let your kid do. Because my daughter is like, I'm sure Georgia and Isla are the same way. It's just like, please. No, you know, I'm like, no, five more minutes. Six, please. Yeah. I'm like, no, please, mom. And then she'll bat her eyelashes and then she'll just be like, please, pinky promise. I love you so much. And it's like so easy to just be like, okay, fine. Because yeah. it doesn't really affect me, but like I, yeah, it's very challenging. Oh, I, I, I mean, I love Georgia and I always had Georgia's a very bizarre human being in that she was, she was super dialed into things that like emotion and connection. She was always setting rules for herself. Interesting. Uh, I remember her saying. Remember one time we're like, hey, we're going to dinner over at Tom and Sandy's. And she's like, Dad, not tonight. <laughs> and I go, what? And she goes, let's just stay home. I got homework to do. Just tell them we're not going. And I was like, you're in fucking fourth grade. You don't, I'm going to my friend's house and you're coming with me. And she goes, actually, I'm not. I have homework to do. And I think that's more important. I'm like, you're, what the fuck? I remember going, what the fuck's wrong with my child? So what do you do then? Do you let her stay home and do her homework? No, we just ended up not going because we we're like, Leanne's like, she got homework. Like you can't, it is can't. a manipulation from her though, in a way, because she's like, yeah. I have homework. Oh, she I mean, she is she has always been someone who's like, she's always set boundaries. She knows how to set boundaries. Isla, on the other hand, has no boundaries. And I don't know if it's interesting. Do you think you'll have another child? No. Oh. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, I, not be I mean, I love the experience and I yeah. love her, and I don't want another kid because what if it's bad? Uh, that well, that's what I mean, Leanne had Georgia and was like, I can do this again. Had Isla and was like, I will never do this again. Mm. And literally, Isla broke Leanne because Isla just a willful fucking spur. Like, just a, I remember one time they were fighting, and this is defines Isla. I remember one time her and Georgia got into a physical confrontation and they were beating the shit out of each other. I pulled them apart. I sat them in the kitchen and I saw our, our old house and I said, uh, I said, this is ridiculous. I go, you guys are sisters. One day mom and I aren't going to be here and it's just going to be you two. And you will need to trust each other, love each other and help each other. I said, there is only one thing that happens right now, ladies. Georgia, what do you have to say to your sister? So Isla goes, Isla, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. And I go, Isla, what do you have to say to Georgia? And she goes, you're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, no, Isla. And she goes, I'm forgiving her. And I was like, no. And she got into a fight with Leanne one time. I got into a fight with Leanne. I go, go into the go into the bed, into the closet, and apologize to your mother. And she looks at me. I, maybe fourth grade, fifth grade. She goes, if I if I do that, I lose. Whoa. And I was like, hold on, you. No one's no one's losing in this. She goes, she'll she'll see weakness. Uh. -uh. Wow. And I'm like, oh my god. But Isla and I, I can get her to laugh. When she's as mad as she ever is, I can connect with her and turn her and get her out of it immediately for some reason. And I cannot do that with Georgia. I cannot. Wow. I mean, how are we supposed to know what to say to these kids? Well, it's funny you say that because my instinct was always the same as you say. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, whatever, whatever gets her to stop crying. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. I think that's my instinct with everything. I think that's how I run through my life. Mm -hmm. It's like you just throw money at things. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, fucking, I just want everyone to be happy, uh, and so, but, but you're right. It doesn't serve the child. 
you need your child to have to to not get what they want. And an only child, it's even harder because I'm like, do you want almond milk? Do you want oat milk? Do you want what, what kind of nut milk do you want? Why, why are you crying? You know, yeah. and I'm brushing her hair and Moshe's putting on her shoes and we're like, you know, and we're just like coddling her in a way. And I, I don't really know how because, you know, I think of my grandma who had like seven kids and, you know, would get on a train from New Orleans to Chicago with seven, you know, infants or oh. whatever, toddlers and infants. And they just I don't think they had time to like be nervous or scared or. Yeah. You know, but when the kids were all kind of fending for themselves, but now having one kid and two doting older parents, I don't know, like that's challenging. Do you, think, do you see yourself as an older parent? Well, I mean, my mom was 23 when she had me. Yeah, my and parents were in their 20s. I was 43 when I had my kids. So, really? Mm-hmm, so 20 years older. That's, uh, yeah, I guess so. But I, I, because I, Tom and Christina are that age, or that's when they started having kids, mm-hmm. I think. Or maybe a little bit. Maybe they, maybe she was forty, he was thirty eight or thirty seven, and I look at it and I'm jealous because you know so much more about who you are and you have so much more insight. You're so much more developed, and you can and you have I think financially you have an opportunity to provide and spend more time with your kids. I didn't have any. I was a broke dad, so I was that was angry a you lot. Were? Yeah, I was broke. I mean, I say broke. You know, I headlined improvs. I would make $1,500. I remember one year, this is when the girls were both still babies. I was I was going to make $100,000 on bookings. Uh, I had like 30 dates, and it came out to 100000 I did the math, and I was like, 100000 And Leanne was like, not really. And I was like, what? And she goes, well, you got to remember, we only keep half of that. So really, you're making fifty grand. And I went, huh? And it just ruined, and I was like, motherfucker, I'm poor again. I thought I was rich for a second. But yeah, like I'm, I distinctly remember going for, uh, to Toys R Us during Christmas and seeing parents put presents in their cart with, without care and uh, looking at Leanne going, can we afford this? I had real, I had, I mean, if there's ever been a moment where my wife said I married the wrong person, it was every Christmas Eve. Aww. Every Christmas Eve, I would have anxiety that we didn't get them enough. And I mean, and Leanne, someone there's like, you just need like three good presents. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's got to look like a smorgasbord. It's got to look like like Daddy Arbucks. Is that his name? Daddy Warbucks? Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> it's got to look like, oh, like that's the shock and awe is what you want. And we would get into a fight every single Christmas Eve for, I'm not even joking. I, I mean, every Christmas Eve. It doesn't happen now because the girls are older. And it, But, I mean, knockdown, drag out. I'm sorry. That's hard. And I think, you know, I don't know how it's what it is for men. Men can pretty much have a family whenever the fuck they want to. But for women, you know, just the ability to be able to freeze your eggs now is like a whole new world and really opens up your life. You can spend literally two extra decades uh you know your peak earning years you don't have to now spend as a broke mom and also you get to have fun yeah fun in your 20s earn in your 30s and 40s and then you can have kids and then you can also have money to hopefully have someone help you you know when you need a a babysitter or a nanny or you know you can still have your free time and i think that um i mean the pandemic kind of fuck that up though because I was spending way more time with my kid than I had ever I was definitely planning on outsourcing some of that but I'm so glad it happened 
Because we're Absolutely. so close now. I mean, yeah. it wasn't really, I was just like, oh, I mean, I've got a, women. That's the thing too. I talk about in the book, like, you know, you're embarrassed to say you have a nanny, but it's like, well, how are women supposed to have a career? You can't, I mean, I'm assuming that Leanne like was pretty dedicated to your kids. No, no, no. Leanne worked. Leanne was our breadwinner, really. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, for, I, I started when I was 39. So I guess, I don't. You started I, comedy at 39? No, 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 no. Oh. When, I'm sorry. When I was, no, no. I started when I was 26. When I was 37. On my 37th birthday, I got birth to conquer. And I was making money, enough money for us to get by and everything. But she worked at, uh, she ran the apartment complex, uh, three park apartment complexes, and we lived in one. So we were on our rent for free, uh. and then she made money. And but she had a nanny. She had uh, three different ones throughout the time mm-hmm. that we maybe four total, but always had nannies to kind of watch the kids on Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday if I was on the road to help her, and uh, Monday because I flew in. It's one of my fun. I mean, we had the coolest fucking nannies. They were awesome. And I mean, by the end, they're all friends. So by the end, all three nannies would be at the house on Monday for Monday night football. We'd start. Stop. I was so much fun. I, I follow all of them still on Instagram. And they were all beautiful. They're all gorgeous. They were. I, I'm not loving this story. They, they were funny <laughs> shit. They were. I remember. He's like, oh, all the nannies would come over. Monday night football. They're super hot. They were awesome, and they were all friends. And they were, and we would, uh, we would watch Monday night football, and then Leanne would come home on Monday night, and we'd have, we'd have, and they'd all eat dinner with us, and not every night, but but a couple times. And the girls still are close with them. That's awesome, and like you need that, and it's, it is very hard to do everything on your own. Our hottest nanny was a shit show. Really. (laughs) Was she like trying to be an actress or something? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she would just call up and be like, "Yeah, I'm not making it in today." And Leanne's like, "That's not how this works. You make it in every day. Like that's yeah. how work jobs work." She was like, "I'm just, I'm, well, I'm just letting you know I'm not." <laughs> and then Leanne's like, "Cool, I have no nanny." And then Leanne's like, "Well, I need you're fired then." She's like, "For skipping one day," and Leanne's like, "Yeah." And even I was like, "Leanne, I mean, I mean, she was." pretty gorgeous well i mean i don't understand why the fact that she's gorgeous makes her able to skip days i mean look i would have overlooked it that's a funny idea to be like i'm just so hot i can't come in today (laughs) well i think sometimes i think being hot when you're a female uh i don't know but i don't know i mean i'm sure there's probably something like this for men i don't know but i think you get so many passes in life that i can only say from the other side like leanne had a really really hot friend and then she started aging out of her beauty. She was a model and she's not anymore and she gained some weight. But she still believed she had always been born with these superpowers of being beautiful. And I watched her one time try to get a drink uh, at a bar and the bartender was looking past her and through her. And I and I, I hate this story. And Bert. I witnessed it and I went, oh, this is so interesting. She still has her superpowers where she's like, it was like watching Superman get locked out of his house. He's like, the fuck? And like trying to do the eyes, and the guy's like, "Nah, not you, neck," because because that's the way beauty works. I mean, it just fucking goes away, you know. Do you think it always goes away? Don't you think you can have like style and charisma and, be, I mean, there's definitely old women who are beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, there's men who don't think women are beautiful past thirty-five, probably. Yeah, yeah, they think those guys are broken. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't you. Th- I don't know. No, no, say it. 
I like I like this conversation a lot because <laughs> because uh because I I always I always joke about Leanne getting older, but I like I think she got prettier older the older she got for me. Now, I mean, granted, like if you see a picture of younger, I think everyone's gonna go, oh, she was beautiful. But I think she got prettier the older she got, and I think I really think her face almost like leaned out the older she got. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It does, Bert. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> You're like, you know, she just got really gaunt, like in in older age. And but like, so, I don't want her to get, I don't want her to get a bunch of, I would never want her to get work done. I like what she looks like. Okay. Um, I'm glad for that. I'm, I'm, and there's a, and it's funny when I, we first started dating, I remember saying to her, I'm a, tra- I find a lot of women that are older attractive. Like I, Susan Sarandon is one of the most beautiful women. Okay. You think she's beautiful? I think she's gorgeous. Yeah. But isn't she like in her seventies? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So then she hasn't lost her beauty. No, no, no. I'm talking about a bartender with a chick. Okay, but that I'm not talking about me. I'm no, talking about I a bartender know, but with like, a chick. But like that that woman, did she, you know, you said she gained Susan. weight, your yeah. friend, and yeah. she doesn't have you, her superpowers I can, anymore. I can show you a picture of her if you want to see what she looks like. But that can also happen just from motherhood or from yeah, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be age Susan based. It's so fucking hot. It doesn't, it doesn't. There's a lot. But she is hot for yeah, sure. She is fucking gorgeous. She well, is gorgeous. You are looking at her tits. But... By the way, I definitely am. <laughs> I definitely am. By the way, uh, Julianne Moore, fucking gorgeous. I mean, these are A-list celebrities. It's not like it's that attainable. But I do I do think that, not to be very cliche, but like you can still exude your yeah. beauty and your power um, and that's why I am so attracted to glamour because glamour isn't really based on age. What's what define that? Glamour, it's like, you know, uh it's an elevated uh style, I suppose. Like you know, it's uh it gives the aura of something uh, maybe a little more sparkly than I love this conversation. <laughs> I love, I love. Then well, the so average. I'll say this: I don't like Leanne with makeup on. Interesting. At all, it bothers me. But some, yeah, some women. It's like you really have to kind of work yourself. Like what looks best on you. What you I know. like her with, like, I mean, if she, if what if, if she hollows in her cheeks to look even more gaunt for you? Do you I like, like that? that? I mean, but don't you she look at like her a, and you, you? She's the mother of your children. She probably look. You know, it's like you guys are. You know, it's like she's always going to be. Your woman, yeah. she's beautiful to you. Yeah, to me. And she's beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think we need to make an effort to not try to objectify women so much. Well, I'm, I am. I'll tell you what. Okay, how about this? I, I, I think it's great not to objectify women. However, I think there is a, as a dude who I witnessed in Hollywood, I'm trying to think the right way to say this. Do you remember when you were not? It's hard for you because you you you've always been beautiful your whole life. I mean, I I'm, are you going to tell me that I'm not beautiful anymore? No, 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 no. I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to talk about. At <laughs> He's the like, store. listen, I no. got to tell you. <laughs> no, it's happening. No, 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 no. You so I'm, your I'm trying to say this is now a pimple. You'll never, you'll never. It's difficult for you to. This is a weird thing to say. It's difficult difficult for you to empathize. With say um, ex comedian, right? Meaning when you went over to the store for the first time, 
even that even though you weren't talented the comedy you just, store? when you just started just started and say say when you walked in well i don't agree that people aren't talented when they just started they're just not like seasoned seasoned even though you weren't seasoned <laughs> you, you were very talented right? Thank you're right, you. you're right you're right and so was i but i wasn't seasoned but i can identify from a guy who didn't do i didn't have a, i didn't have any reason to look at me i'm trying to explain it this way in that I remember not being successful and being at the store and watching people look past me, watch mm. people look through me. Mm -hmm. And that energy is something that I think a lot of people in this world identify with is watching people look through you. I, I mean, of course I've, I've felt that I'm 4'11". So it's like my whole life I've been like, you know, it, people don't even see me physically because yeah. I'm like, they're like, like next in line. Like they're yeah. like, can I help you, sir? And I'll be like, hello, I'm right here. Yeah. Like people, you know, so I, I do think that that's a bad feeling. That, yeah. oh, it's, it's the horrific. feeling of being overlooked is really rough. And, but, and I'll, I'll say this. I'm trying to make this into a, a statement and, and it's it's going to be hard to for me to sell to you. But like. I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling mm -hmm. of being I was 42, 43. Uh, I had had my time on Travel Channel and I would go to the hallway in the store and I just had nothing anyone needed. I couldn't provide anything for anyone. I couldn't take you on tour. Uh, I was doing okay. But on, I remember seeing you on an airplane. You were like on a TV show. I I didn't even know anyone yeah. on a TV show. You, you well, were successful. Uh, yeah, but I got fired from the TV show. I oh, was off it. Yeah. I, I got pulled off the Funny or Die tour. I uh, wasn't passed at the store. So I would sit at 42, 43. I would sit and I would distinctly remember watching people look through me or past me or over my shoulder. Mm. And I and I remember I remember having empathy. I I call it like uh survivor's remorse, but I remember having empathy for watching young comics that were say overweight or bald or unattractive or just kind of looked like maybe they were a talented comic, but they didn't have a lot to they didn't have like the sparkle that say like a, a young good-looking male comic with bravado had. And I remember empathizing with them and seeing that because that's what I was. I walked out of the store one time in dad jeans without cool sneakers on, shirtless, with a beer in my hand. And I remember walking out to a loud silence of like, oh, fuck. What if this isn't funny one day? Like, what? Shit. What if I'm a loser right now? Now, I will say that I think, and this is, what the pro this is where the internet is full of those men. Those men have feel invisible in this world and what i will say to you is that comment about that beautiful woman that my wife was friends with that was a model gained weight and got older now can't even get a vodka tonic at the bar yeah and i remember going just i wanted to be like just so you know this little bit of anger you're having that no one's making eye contact with you that's people's real existence like that's the average person's real existence is like but you, we just live in it. Well, we also know some of the most charismatic people in the world. A hundred percent. So it's not, it's kind of hard. And, and also it's like, yeah, then you go to a, you know, you, you go to a red carpet event and nobody, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of places you can still go where people are like, excuse me, I don't want to look at you, you know? Yeah. But oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it, I remember that. I remember identifying with that feeling mm -hmm. and I wanted to say to her, like, just so you know, I know you're outraged that the bartenders keeps looking past you. That's what happens to everyone. 
hope you didn't say I that. Didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. The woman Listen, hated my Listen, you God. lost your looks. Uh, <laughs> so, so what's the what? What do we do? What can you do? I, I think that's what I really think. That's what's going on. When you know, when you talk about the toxicity that is online, mm. is people. The average person's really unhappy. They're just kind of fed up with it. And yeah, and they're not being heard and they're not, and they're living like a, almost like a shadow existence life. Not, I'm not, by the way, and I'm not saying the average person, but I'm saying a big swath of America and just feels underrepresented mm -hmm. in every respect. And I think sometimes uh, I want to use a dude in this, but like, because it's, it's not fair to just say women are beautiful because I'm, but that's what I'm attracted to. So I have a hard, hard time thinking of a man in this moment, but it's like, it's like, I, I feel like sometimes they feel like maybe Anne Hathaway doesn't know what their plight is like. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, you could say Matthew McConaughey, but I think in a weird way, men idolize him and want to, and even the uh, ugly fat guy that, you know, uh, I want to be like that, you know? So it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I, it's, I just know that I've, I've I've definitely felt like that, and I remember identifying with it, and go, and still to this day, my favorite comics are the ones when I see, when I walk in the store, the ones that everyone's not saying hi to. That's where I go because I go, oh, I've been that guy a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I'm, my plan is to just get a nice pair of tinted sunglasses, some turtlenecks, some you've, hats. You've always been, and just do my thing. No, but you've always been extremely like even when I was in that thing, you were always very sweet. Like you were always very acknowledgeable. You were never someone that looked past people. Well, thank you. But wait, so wait, let's let's get to ayahuasca. Okay, so I I get there. There's two spit buckets on to the right, one for Kleenex. One for vomit. And then on the other side of me are two spit buckets. That's the person next to me's vomit bucket and Kleenex bucket. And what I wasn't really prepared for was like, then all of a sudden they're playing music. You've got your little, it's all a very solitary thing. So you have your, your eye mask on. And then all of a sudden you just hear across the room, a man like, <laughs> and like, Cause men vomit in like a way more intense way. Like I was just like very cute. Like, like just like, wait. I mean, I definitely. Wait, are you doing this on stage? No. Oh, I, this is already I so haven't great. really talked about oh, this. Oh, this is so great. I, I vomit very cute. Well, I do. I mean, like I, I remember once Chelsea Handler took me on a vacation and they were all laughing. Cause like I got very seasick off the boat and I just like very elegantly just took a towel vomited over the boat and then just like got the towel oh. and put in the bag but yeah so so but ha that really got me out of it so there's a a physical uncomfortableness that was like really hard for me to get past and you're in a dude's garage yeah this is like this is an escape from who at least who i think people think you are because i would not imagine you wanting to go hang out with other people in the garage and throw up I'm trying to find out how to be glamorous again, though. So I got to, you know, is this is this was this the part of the journey? <laughs> well, I think that ayahuasca, you know, it's like it's definitely not a perfect drug because of the vomit, but it was pretty amazing. And it was a we did it three times the first night and then we spent the night and did it three times the next day. I didn't do this, the last one because I felt like I kind of got out of it what I wanted. I was getting a lot of annoying like everyone had a different experience like because you all talked about your experience and people were having extremely deep experiences like one woman was like because everyone had to share and she was like I was at the wall and this woman was turning uh, Jews in 
And she was like time traveling. And she's like, this woman was turning Jews in. And then after she turned the Jews in, she came up to me and was really upset and was asking me for forgiveness. And the woman's like, and I always wanted to be able to clean people's souls. So this woman's experience was that she was like cleaning people's souls at the, who were turning Jews in and Germany. Yeah, it was like, there was just a lot of like, people were doing their own crazy things. As a, as a a natural cynic, as every comic is, there's gotta be a party that are rolling your eyes just going like what the fuck but i mean how how could you make that up like that yeah, was her yeah. experience meanwhile mine is like you got to sell your house like mine was <laughs> mine was like an annoying to-do list and so that kept happening so the first time i took it because you took it three times the first day there was like i saw this like does it taste good no no uh, okay it's like a and dirt did you, did you, in like a I'm, I'm, I'm imagining, I always thought you'd get a wooden bowl to drink it out of. It's, but- it was just like a little paper cup. But, I mean, we're in the valley oh, at this great. point. So. You have to be doing this <laughs> as a fucking bit. So basically, so the first time I took it, they must have given me like oh a, a large dose because I saw this like, sil- like this little light and this woman was like trying to motion me in and I was afraid. And so I didn't really go there. So a lot of my things were like to-do lists, things I had to do. So then the second time I took it on the first day. So wait, t- wait, you had an option to go into the light and you're like, I'm going to be out here. Hold on one second. I like, was just afraid. And and you, but in the hallucination, you could control it a tad bit. I could control it by not going in, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Like, obviously the woman who was in helping the knots or, you know, she... She went in. So then the second time they gave it to me, I didn't feel anything. And I think it wasn't. They gave me less. And then the third time it was less. So we spent the night. And then the next morning I was like, you know what? Can I have the same amount you gave me the first time? Because I was looking for that little light again with the woman. And so. And so when when they give you less, is it like it's not a fun trip or is it just like. Still to do lists. There's a lot of vomiting happening around you. You know, it's that kind of thing. Like I had some, I had some realizations. I definitely had something, you know, there was a, there was a lot happening, but it wasn't like that thing. So then when I came back the next morning, we spent the night there, but I I got that. Spent the night in beds or in sleeping bags? We just brought our own sleeping bags in some weird person's house. But, um. And you're staying in this, this person's house? Yes. With like 30 other people. And, but I was with a girlfriend. And how this is like a network note, but how diverse is the group? Mm. Is it all white people? Not only was it all white people, it was, I would say, 80% women, 85% women. Whoa. So that was nice. Um, and do you think it's because they're all getting older? Just no. Joking. I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No. And go my, back, my no, thing joking. doesn't have to do with age necessarily. I was joking based on my earlier story. All right. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. So then the next day, I... I, I I got the vision again. I got the little circle motioning in and they were like, just so you know, I, I heard this thing like it's it's not going to be all good. And then I was like even more scared because I'm like, OK, now they've told me I knew I was afraid of it for some reason. In the hallucination, that lady yeah. is like, come on in. But just so you know, it's not all it's not it's going to be bad or it's some of it is uh, some bad part. So anyway, and you went in anyway. I went in anyway. I got some information, but then then I was kind of getting bogged down by um, the to, like the lists of things to do. And so then I would and so then I, I you have to be very intentional about it. So then the last time I did it, the, the second. So then that was the second day. This was my last one. I said, he said, 
put an intention for yourself. And I said, what am I besides comedy, mother, woman, wife, uh, whatever I look like, what am I? That's a very intentional question. I just, because I knew the drug was like so intense and that's, you know, people were having these like, you know, everyone kept talking about God and I hadn't really like experienced God. So I was like, I I could handle that. Like, what am I? And I mean, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but it was like, it was just an extremely clear vision and everything started to make sense in this way that it never had before. And I was like, oh, and that has to do with it. And that has to do with it. And and all of the experiences that happened in my life that were very odd, you know, like the time that I, uh, you know, had a lucid dream and and the time that I had that vision and like anything, it all kind of culminated in this, this vision. And so then I didn't take it the last time that we were supposed to. So you got, you got this like epiphany. Yes. And then you were like, hey, I'm cool with my epiphany. Yeah. And and it's still staying with me, and it's been about two or three weeks. Really? But the weird thing about ayahuasca is so many of the people there were on their, like, 10th time there or 20th time there. So, so I, I'm like, is this addictive to get this feeling again? Oh, I don't know. Because the, the feeling is, is it a sense of, like, is it a... My friend said it best. He said, but then, all right, so he said... It's the difference between reading the Bible and being Noah. <laughs> that's it's a very intense statement, that's but like, a, yeah. th- but that that's how he was able to process it. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know if that helped. I I'm, I don't know how good I am at articulating it yet because I just had the experience and you know I don't know how much of it to take seriously or you know like do I sell my house I you know it was like the 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 guy in charge did say um don't do anything crazy in the next 36 hours <laughs> after really? you do it because you because people I think like they take away your phone they take away your keys because I think that people can really freak out on it you know really it only happened to one girl during our thing Is that where she just fucking wild out she just started screaming and she was like ah! like making these weird noise on her back. And apparently she does it every October. And when she was describing her experience, she, I think she was like from Spain or something, but she was just like, uh, I do this every October. And I just, I don't know what happened. I was, this was reality. And I was outside of reality. Like she like had this like very clear thing of being outside of reality. Wow. So, and then I was sitting in between a mother and daughter doing it together. And the 70 year old mother, like at one point came up to her daughter and they were both bawling. And she was just like telling her how much her dad is still alive and everything that he ever said to her is still a real thing. Like it was just like this extremely intense experience like me because you had assigned seats. So I wasn't sitting next to my friend. Oh, you could, could you couldn't switch? N- well, I think they intentionally wanted you next to people who had done it before or, you know, like, oh, oh they line you up. Next you to up. Like a pro. Yeah, exactly. So um, that was really like there was just like overhearing all of this intense, you know, and, and people having these like extremely deep and moving experiences. But anyway, the point is, uh, it was uh, it was definitely cool. And I highly recommend it. Did you have like a drink or a cigarette? No. So it's you not hadn't like- really eaten, you know, because you don't want to vomit. Like I had had like a smoothie. Cause you could stop eating at 1 PM. So at 1 PM I had a smoothie and I literally vomited up the whole thing. 
in really? my trip. Yeah. So it's like you're not really eating or, you know, you're kind of on a, did I have a cigarette? Well, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Sounds I, nice. Well, I mean, it feels like, I feel like after an ayahuasca trip, when you come out, you'd be like, I need a fucking cigarette or like a beer something <laughs> well you're actually not supposed to drink or do drugs like two weeks before oh, two weeks real. after it's so weird that that is a, that's a drug but you're not it's almost like when you hear about you're not going to get this analogy but when you hear about like uh dominatrixes and bdsm culture mm -hmm. and they're like it's not about sex and you're like but that is it's kind of like that's why you do it right and they're like no it's not about having an orgasm it's about control and and it's more like a therapy and you're like are we are you are we just going to pretend that we're all going to agree on that? Okay. Is that the thing we do so we can see it again? Because it is it is drugs, but they're like, hey, in a weird way, they're like, you can't use drugs or anything. Well, the woman tell me ayahuasca is a jealous mistress, and so she gets jealous of weed. So she might not give you, I mean, these are oh, hippies. because they want, yeah. It, it might take away, and I think, you know, I do smoke pot, so maybe that's why I didn't feel it. The the you know half the times i took it i kind of needed a large dose yeah but i've also tried to take mushrooms before and nothing happened i've tried to take acid and nothing happened so that is something that i've heard other people talk about where it just doesn't work on you oh i don't know why that's interesting i'm, I'm sure it's a dosage issue alcohol is not working on me right now oh i'm yeah, sorry no, you know no. what that means no, i gotta quit drinking <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately yeah, well, it's just like it's like i'm get not some cinnamon toothpicks honey yeah no, no, something i'm like i'm I'm not enjoying it the way i used to ayahuasca well a lot of people go there for addiction and it really is like well, i don't think i have addiction well but not it, addiction yeah. but i'm just saying like yeah. i'm I, I am very addicted to wine like i love having wine and i you know drink it all the time and it definitely like reframed something in my head when i when I went there. Really? Mm -hmm. So did you, do you get in the car the next day? Did you drive yourself or you take an Uber? No, I drove and you're totally fine to drive. They did. Their, no, but no, their but daughter saying, was doing it no, with but them. Do you have that moment where you get in your car and you're like, you're like at the stop sign and all, everything's changed. And you're like, Hmm. Like, do you remember when you'd come back from Europe and you'd, and for like, for like a week, you'd, you'd be like, I'm going to get a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what ayahuasca is like? <laughs> Do you remember, like, you saw the grocery stores You're a little different? You're kind of diminishing it. No. <laughs> but... No, but, like, but, like, but, like, do you... I'm trying to, to see. I don't think I've had any experiences like this. So I'm trying to... It was very intense. It was definitely one of the more... It was definitely, you know, apart from, like, becoming a mother. It was, it was probably, like... It just felt like you were alive in another realm. And it made me feel like there wasn't just one reality. And I think that was an, a good thing for me to see. Do you have a fear of death? No, not necessarily. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I take it. I have a really terrifying, I have an almost debilitating fear of death. Not, I wouldn't say debilitating, but I wake up thinking about it every morning. And it's something that can shut really? me Every morning. Every morning. I thought about it today. I was, but I, and I. I think especially if I'm living unhealthy, I think about it pretty intensely. Mm. Um, but I've been really healthy for the past, you know, month and a half or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not really like, it hasn't, but it, it show, it show, it's showing up again. Well, you know, being a comedian is really challenging because we have a pretty unhealthy lifestyle and access, so much access, you know, all you have yeah. to do is mention something on stage and someone will bring it to you. I mean, I know that 
think that's what happened with Greg Giraldo and some other people I knew. And, you know, it's like even when you're trying to not drink, it's like you have this job where people will ask you six times if you want to drink before you go on stage. And you're like, no, you know, and it's it's just what other job is like that, you know, where people are like, are you sure you don't want something? Are you sure? Stripper, I think. Right. I think we. I really feel like we I really feel like connected to like the late night jobs like uh bartenders Mm -hmm. waitresses uh servers uh like chefs i feel like we all have Mm -hmm. this really unhealthy lifestyle that always kind of meets up at and and the access is it's too everything's so accessible oh my god sex i'm sure like all these guys having to like go you know be around these hot waitresses that want to fuck them that's got to be rough for you boys Mm. you shocked (laughs) Wait, Bert, can I ask you something? Please. Is it? I have to leave at 145. Oh, no. oh I'm good. I thought it was oh, 145. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I'm curious to find out if I'm leaving at 130. Don't worry. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, you've got a flight. I'm to get okay, a, okay. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't thought know it said happening. 145 and I, I. Oh, no, I haven't changed. I was it like, back. we're having so much fun. No, okay, no, good, no okay. I got. I have. Uh, Why well, you have to pick the kid up? No, I have something in the valley at two. Really? Yeah. What? Um. Did it? Cha- did ayahuasca change the way you looked at your child? It it more helped. And another girl told me this who was on her like tenth time doing it, and she said her family always likes it because she's nicer to them. So it definitely made me have a little more empathy and um, kindness towards my husband. Really? Hmm. It's I I I I hope this comes out right. I am envious i won't say jealous that's a bad word i think but envious of your relationship because you guys are so funny like collect collectively you're funny when you're together you guys make me laugh together when you work together but you're also very independently two very independently hilarious people well thank you yeah uh it's hard working with your partner like we do a podcast together and it's like you know there's so many things i want to ask him to do that are just like house related (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, then I have to ask him schedule questions and I have to ask him, you know, it's just like it, it sometimes. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to go do ayahuasca again. Do, did, <laughs> did Moshe think about doing it at all? He has, but you he know, has? he's so, no, he's thought about, thought it, about but it. I think it's really hard for sober people to wrap their minds around. That, that's the weird thing. Cause the, the, it sounds like the lady that has the ayahuasca says it's okay for sober people. Like, right. But what happens when they want to keep going back? Oh yeah, because you could just go back over and over again. But if it, but it, it may clear up sober issues. I, I he hasn't partied since he was like fifteen, right? I know, I know, and I want to tell my kid that. Like, I want to let her know, like, if you wait to drink and do drugs, you can do them like your whole life, like me. <laughs> like I didn't start till I was thirty, so I didn't like fuck it up for myself. Whereas like Moshe, he was like dropping acid when he was like in fourth grade or sixth grade and just like looking at designs while the teacher's talking. Like that doesn't sound like, and then it blows out your brain. The weed probably fucks up your brain, your brain development a little bit. I don't know. I I got very lucky because I just like, I hooked up with a cool crowd that was all into straight edge. So I just, I always thought drinking was stupid. Really? I thought it was like for frat guys. I thought like, like bongs, beer. Like I just, I, I didn't even, it didn't really enter my consciousness till I was like in my late twenties. Really? Yeah. I wasn't a drinker until I got in, involved with the Russian mafia. 
I was not a drinker at all. You're involved with the Russian mafia? No, you never heard that story? I'll tell you the story. <laughs> the, uh, the Are you really? Yeah, you know that story. No, Bert, I don't know this. You're in the You're, Russian mafia? No, but aren't no, you supposed no, to no, not no. say anything? No, no, no. Not when I got involved. When I went to Russia, I went to Russia when I was 22. You know this story. And I robbed a train. You've never. What? Wait. What? Well, you know, you know my nickname, The Machine, right? No, Bert. Are you serious? Oh, this is awesome. Sweet. Are you being, okay. So, yeah. So, I want, okay, hang on, hang on. So, you know that, like, I drink a lot, right? I mean, I gathered that because you said it stopped working. Okay, no. God, I fucking love you. No, I'm I'm a big so in 1997, Rolling yes. Stone magazine called me the number one party animal in the country, and wrote like a six and a half page article about me. Interesting. I hadn't started comedy then, so maybe yeah. I missed that. No, no, no. It was I hadn't started comedy either. What it's, were you? So, what was this based on? I was on? just partying. I was partying, and they wanted to write an article about this school, Florida State, and they oh, called down and they reached out to a bunch of people, and everyone said my name, and so <laughs> so the journalist uh, stayed with me for like a week. And we just partied and had a good time. And then he wrote the article about me and it changed my life. Like Oliver Stone option, the rights to my life. What? I moved to, yeah, yeah. I moved to New York to start stand up. And when I was 26, I, I moved Oliver there. Stone option, the rights to your his, life? His company, yeah. His company um, optioned the rights to this, to the article. So it's, yeah, in, in essence, it was my life. And then, and, uh, and then I moved to New York to start stand up. And then I started stand up, and Will Smith read the article. I got a development deal with him, Whoa. and then, and yeah, and that's how I got in the business. Is is this one article kind of changed my life? But I do stand up for like ten years, right? I'm twenty six, twenty three, thirty six by thirty four. I do Rogan's podcast, and I tell him a story about getting involved with the Russian mafia when I was twenty two. I got involved with the Russian mafia, and we robbed a train, and it's <laughs> and it's it is. I'm, this is this is my favorite moment i've ever had on a podcast even better than telling it for the first time is uh and so i tell the story on rogan it gets very popular and uh and <laughs> I mean, this is like so surreal for me it's a, it's a very popular story and it's the reason i have a career it's this one story <laughs> i feel like you're doing a bit right now <laughs> it's the story went viral right on rogan on well i so i told it on my special okay uh on my show i did a showtime special i told it on my special and it went viral. It's got like 88 million views uh, on all platforms right now. But it's the number one thing that if you Google me, the number one thing you'll see is uh, the machine. It's my nickname, the Russian Mafia story. So this has got 49 million on Instagram. Whoa, um, Bert. Yeah. And it's got like another. You're so famous. You have 49 million views of something. Yeah. And so I, that, I posted that five years ago. And uh, and it kind of changed. It, it definitely changed my career. I just shot a movie uh in serbia for three months about uh about this story you're not scared of these guys no i well i i don't i think they're cool i mean <laughs> yeah this is the trailer the trailer's got almost a million views now. wait hold on this is a movie that's coming out now yeah yeah yeah. are you acting in it yeah, yeah i'm in it wow yeah and so uh this looks cool yeah it's a, it's a, the trailer's really great and so uh you shot this movie. I shot the movie already. We shot the whole movie. It's edited. What's it called? The Machine. It's my nickname. Wow. And so uh, I wouldn't. Are you playing someone else besides you? No, Is... I play me. 
this is me in the movie. Whoa. Oh Amazing. Yeah. I can so, see that you're a good actor, too. You're listening. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not you look good in it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I take that as a huge compliment. You're a fantastic actress. That's, I did not know any of this quote. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, that's, it's, I, my point is I'm known as this big drinker because I party with the Russian mob. We partied and, and this article was written about me and, and I like to drink. And, uh, but I didn't start drinking until I was like 22. I, at 21. That's I, still pretty young. It's Isn't still that pretty like young. Illegal? It's still pretty young. But everyone thinks that like I've, Everyone thinks a few things about me. They think I've had sex with a ton of chicks, which I have not. I was not. The party guy isn't normally the. I, and I used to say this. Yeah, because the guys drink too much beer and then just like snore. Uh, Yeah, but I never really even drank that much. It's crazy. I never really. I get fucked up, but I wasn't like a blackout drunk. I was drinking to have a good time. And I always went to bars like I, I'm like a weird dude in that. I didn't want to like just have sex with someone. I was hoping to fall in love with people. Like, I was hoping someone would understand me and get me. And then we didn't have to go to bars anymore. We could eat pizza and watch movies. And like, <laughs> that's like, so cute. You that's wanted I, Leanne. <laughs> I wanted Leanne. I wanted Leanne. I was looking for Leanne. And I didn't, but I, I was so broken by the time I met Leanne that from being a hardcore, just toxic comic dude, like being like, oh, fuck this, fuck that, fuck this. That when I met Leanne, she was like, oh, you're in love with me and you're afraid to figure that out. And I was like, I'm not whatever. And then she dumped me. I was like, okay, you're right. Okay. Aww. Like I had, a, I had my oh, ayahuasca moment in a closet with a mattress in there watching Fight Club going like, I fucked this up big time. Like this is, this is the best thing I'll ever get. I got to win it back. And so, but I wasn't, I mean, I feel lucky. Like when I look at like Bobby Kelly, Moshe, Jim Norton, these guys that all got sober at like 13, mm-hmm. I go, I'm so glad I, I didn't st- like, I, I still don't have a... I never really had a problem with drugs. Like, I can smoke pot if I want, but I also don't need it to, like, end my day, and I, I don't need alcohol. What about to begin your day? <laughs> I would. By the way, I almost smoked it the other morning because um, Rogan was saying he really enjoys it to write, and he's like, I'll smoke weed. The kids will go to school, and I'll, I'll get high and then sit down and write, and I was like, oh, I should do that. But I was like, I'm, I already got my hour. I'm filming it next week. I was like, I'm... I don't want to. I don't need any new material. The last thing I need is a fucking new idea. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I just try to work on the ones I already have. But wait. Well, I'm very excited that you have this movie coming out. <laughs> this is. And I did not know that you robbed a train. Yeah, I didn't know that. Are, can, can you get in trouble for this stuff though? Still, or you're not worried about that? Uh, it's. I think statues of limitations run out. Okay, good. And it happened in Moscow, and it's. Uh, are you Russian? Did you no. say statues of limitation? Is that that was not what it was? Statute. Statutes. 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 Statue. Statutes. What is it? I don't know. Statues of limitation. I thought it was statutes. Statutes. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. What does that mean? It means the. Oh, how many years? Statutes. Oh, it's not statues. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. You can no longer sue. Two years to sue for medical malpractice. Okay. That makes sense. If, you have, if you're still bothered by it by, for two years. Well, all those Cosby victims got their, got their due, and that happened many, many years ago. Yeah. They were able to get, I think they got money, but I, I'm not sure about that. 
Um, well, I think that I would be very, very scared if I were you, but I'm glad that you have such a good relationship with. I haven't talked to anyone in the Russian mafia in a while, but. Yeah, 44 million views. That's a lot. I'm sure someone's seen it. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know that like Russian people definitely have seen it. The Russian people have showed up at my shows. And... So do I have to watch the video to find no. out what happened? No, I get away with it. You get away with it. Yeah. We, Spoiler alert. Yeah. The, I don't talk bad about the Russian mafia. They were cool dudes. Everyone I met there that was, and they were all like low level dudes, but they were like cool dudes. They were all very nice and my friends. And then these two dudes on the train that were a little sketchy, but you know, was it like one of the scariest things you ever yeah, did? Yeah. I mean, in, in, in very honestly, I wrote, a, I wrote a book too, but I, uh, mine's not that good. <laughs> um, I was very honest with, the, when we were robbing the train, I was terrified. I was terrified. And I was with another dude. There was another dude there. I take him out of the story when I tell it on stage. Mostly, so I'm sure he doesn't want to be involved mm -hmm. in this story. But um, yeah, I was terrified. I was terrified. And and there was no getting away from them. Like, cause it was, we were on a train and it was a whole class trip. And I was with these A dudes. class trip? Oh, yeah, I robbed my class. How <laughs> did you get with the... I'm not letting my daughter leave the country. No. Oh, How old were you? Uh, 22. I've actually I'm sending my daughter to school. I was terrified that people, because people would, you know, find out who she was and then be like, oh, we're partying with you tonight. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and she luckily finds that type of behavior kind of gross that like, you know, she doesn't like anything to do with any connective tissue to my career or my, what I do. And so, uh, so I'm kind of, I feel good about it. Like they don't really party. I think Georgia maybe probably parties like a little bit with her friends and maybe smokes pot. But to go back to what you were saying, I feel, don't you kind of want, like, don't you ever, have you ever said to Moshe, like, you should have one glass of wine? No, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> the guy has gone from smoking cigarettes to smoking e-cigarettes. He would carry around like all of these little like this bag of juices and put all the different juices in it. He was like mixing things and like totally addicted. Then he went to toothpicks. Then he went to nicotine gum. And now he puts those little pods up in his. Oh, yeah. Those are very popular. Yeah. Yeah. I tried Zins. one. Not into it. Yeah. Zins. And so he's gone through all of this. To so try he's to still got the addictive brain. Yes. So I don't think I'm. And oh. also he's going to be making up for all this lost time. He's not. He's going to want to try a margarita, a Moscow mule, a cosmopolitan. <laughs> he never he's never had anything. He never got a margarita. <laughs> all he ever drank he was never got a margarita. strawberry wine from the 7-Eleven. Like oh. poor kid, you know. Oh. So I feel like. He loves sugar and sweets. He's going to want to try like every kind of drink, oh, yeah. every kind of alcohol. Uh-uh. I'm good. Yeah. Let's, I'm really trying to encourage sobriety. Can I ask a, a private question? Yes. Do you, because I know that I have, we call it chasing the dragon in my family. Mm. It's, uh, or scrolling. It's the energy of where you can't find the end of the bottle of wine, or you can't find the end of a cigar, or you can't find the end of a party. That's interesting. Uh and you can't find the end of it in Instagram. You just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And it's an empty feeling in mm -hmm. life. But it also happens with sex where I go, like, I would have I would have sex twice a day if Leanne let, let me, but she doesn't. She doesn't want to have sex twice a day. Does he have that addictive behavior when it comes to sex? Does that show up there or is it just in? And you don't have to answer, by the way. Well, I think that's interesting. And if it does, um, it is, it is uh, he handles it himself. Well, that because that's a thing. Jerking off. That's a thing that they've talked a lot about is 
uh, dopamine resets is people that search for the dopamine so much. It's Andrew Huberman talked about it, and I, I listened to it. I'm bad at regurgitating information. I'm really bad at taking it in too. Um, <laughs> but 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 he they were him and I think it was him and Lex Friedman were talking about masturbation is a reset. Is no, it's it's dudes that can't get enough dopamine. Ah. And then, and it's just them going for dopamine. Then it's not you don't even get the pleasure anymore. You're just like I just jerk off to because I know that I need to today. Every day though, isn't that pretty normal? An everyday jerk off sesh uh, for no, a boy? Not, no, uh, for a boy, for like a 15 year old. No, for like, a guy, I mean. No. Every day now. No. Really? I mean, I don't. But I but but I also live a very like. You're busy. Yeah, I'm, I have a pretty, I have a fucking schedule. I don't know when I could. I mean, my day. I mean, started, how are we doing a podcast right now? Don't you have to like leave? And I have, <laughs> I have, a, I think I have a private flight that leaves in fucking twenty-one minutes, and I just got out of my workout. It I leaves just in twenty-one minutes. Private flights are okay. You can just show up. You don't have to. Like literally, all you got to need is the distance from here to Van Nuys Airport. Okay. So they're and they're pretty doable. You could go on barefoot for Christ's sake. Well, I'm still doing Southwest Group C, so. Um, uh, they're not. It's not the only reason I'm doing it is this goddamn snowstorm. Ah, totally. And so I'm trying to get to the show. The only reason I ever do them is if the money that I spend on it makes me more money to do the thing. Because mm-hmm. so you like, would probably cancel if you had to. Like- I'd have to cancel, and I also and cancellations. I'm sure with the weather is going to be fine, but sometimes it can be a little tricky. And then they say, "Hey, I want your next available date," and they put you in to all of a sudden you're doing Billings, Montana, in like just the most weird touring moment you're like oh i go to billings to ontario mm. to alaska what the fuck and you so it's better just to get the date done with in my opinion well i feel like i've learned something because i thought that all men jerked off every day no i mean i don't halston halston i know i don't know this. you <laughs> yes. oh uh, yes okay there we go i feel like younger people do for sure i mine's like to go to sleep like it really just Puts me to sleep. Every day, though, it looks like I feel like I'm getting an everyday vibe. Yeah, from you are. Him. Pete! <laughs> Pete! Also, Halston's young. As yeah. I get older, though, like, I'll skip nights. But how old are you? <laughs> skip nights. Skip, skip nights. nights. Pete. Yeah. Uh, private question. Obviously, you don't have to answer this, but uh, we were talking about masturbation. Yeah. Is it an everyday thing for you? Uh, no, not at all. Like, how often? Uh, depends when we're on the bus, like, <laughs> well, that's the other thing is we live on a bus together. On a bus, so it's basically it's, touching each other. Yeah. So, so it's, I, 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 I literally am like, all right, you're, you're, you're home. It's a pandemic. You're bored. Two weeks. Yeah, how much did you jerk off during the pandemic? <laughs> First couple of weeks, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Died down after a while. <laughs> you, get bored of it. you just got that, not that into yourself. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I've been there, done that. I'm sick of the hand, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a flight leaving in 20 minutes? Uh, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock tonight? Yeah. We're Private? Yeah. Hey! Everything's all settled. No worries. Why Gun skis. Seven o'clock sounds way better. Way better. And then you can like nap. And... and I might have a little wine on this flight. Break my own rule. Do it. Yeah. I'm going to treat myself. I don't, I don't like the. I don't like the. Just don't last. switch to something stronger. The last time I threw up was this weekend. And. It always happens to me when I have a day where I'm scrolling and I'm looking like it, it's I started out playing golf and I had some beers and a cigar and then we went to go get lunch and everyone made tequila drinks, but they hadn't started drinking. I already had like four beers playing golf 
and then we went to tequila drinks and then we got down there and we had a couple tequila drinks there and then we went back up and someone's like who wants to go get groceries and i'm like well shit if we're getting groceries let's get some roadies what do we have and they're like we've got vodka and then i'm like all right vodka and then we get to the store and they're like fucking let's open a bottle of wine in the store I have a bottle of wine in the store and i was like what oh, yes and so Bert, yeah and then we made no. italian food and then i switched over to wine and then all of a sudden open a bottle of wine in the grocery store it's trader joe's and so and that's <laughs> You opened it with like, you just did a screw top one? Yeah, of course. And then just started drinking out of the bottle? Or did you get like a little sample cup? They little were like, sample cup. They have coffee. It's Trader Joe's, right? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, Trader Joe's. They get the little sample coffees. No one was like, sir, can you not? We don't We don't allow open be beverages be in, the, in aisle you, four. You'd be shocked at the high fives you get when you're me drinking a bottle of wine after sober October at a Trader Joe's. Dude's like, the fucking machine. High five. <laughs> so you were sober for October? All of October. Okay. No, no weed. Nothing, nothing. No weed. No, no Xanax. No alcohol. No nothing. And I worked out. It burned five hundred calories every day. I did a hundred push-ups every day, and uh, and uh, yeah, I felt fucking. I gotta be honest with you. When you said I'm looking for my glamour, that's what I was looking for. I couldn't find it, and I didn't know if it was depression or not because I was like, I've never really had depression. And I feel weird even mentioning depression because I know there are people that really struggle with depression and I would never want to minimize their struggle with me just going, ah, you know, but, um, I was, I was, I was calling it my sparkle. I couldn't find my sparkle. Did you find it after the month? I found it. I found it. We were in, in Trader Joe's in that day. I, I found it. I, that morning I woke up, I told my wife, I went, I think I found my sparkle. And she was like, for real? And I said, oh yeah. She was like, what was it? I just it's just not having any rules and not having like I think I'm so bogged down with work like my schedules are so overwhelming that everything is down to the minute Mm -hmm. and and I think you can't get weird or whatever you like to do yeah 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 exactly and I think sometimes you need like I, I I Tom Tom just did Segura just did ayahuasca Oh, he did. Yeah, he's I, he was going through something, I guess, and he was wanted to get to the other side of it. His experience was totally different. He does like a Four Seasons ayahuasca. Was I it bad or good? It was great. He loved every minute of it, but it was like nine different. It was one trip, and they gave him. I don't know if it was ayahuasca or just mushrooms. Mm. I don't know what it was. He it's ayahuasca, but his story is a little different. But uh, but I think I think there is a time, I think especially I'm, I just turned 50 and you I think there's a thing you're like. So like. I don't know. What's the what's the thing? What's what's the the razzle dazzle? Where Where's the the flare? I remember the first time I quit drinking for like an extended period. We went to a we went to a luau and I was just like, I was like so this is it. This is life, huh? I remember just being sober to luau and I was like and and I remember saying to my wife sobriety is like watching a luau but them not lighting the stick on fire and just spinning the stick you're like it needs to be on fire mm. and then it, as I said that a woman nodded out at our table and I went oh I'm so glad I'm sober I know it, it is hard because it went especially when you're addicted to fun like Bill Burr said in his special, he was sober and it's like waking up every morning and just having to face life in the face. And that's really challenging. And he didn't get sober because he had a problem. I mean, he, he could speak for himself. I would never speak for Bill, but he just was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. 
And then he was like, eh, I'm good. Like, it's the weirdest reason to quit drinking, in my opinion. But I'm, I'm look, he's happy and he's healthy and he's doing great. And, you know, but he's, I, I just, I just never, I never want to quit drinking because I want to be able to fucking, I want to be able to see a sunset and be like, yes, I want, I love margaritas. Like, I love margaritas. <laughs> hey, if Moshe comes on the podcast, don't try to talk him into drinking, okay? I won't. <laughs> Seriously, for my family. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Respect I, my family, Bert. I, I won't. I definitely won't. I. But You'd be like, what's a what's a martini? T- a dirty martini? <laughs> oh, dirty martinis are so fucking good. You would get so excited. A Manhattan. If you had to pick one drink for the rest of your life, that you can only have that one drink for the rest of your life, and 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 if you say wine, you've got to pick one wine. I mean, not the not the brand, but the it Pinot. would be Sauvignon Blanc because then it's like very light. I don't Sauvignon get a headache. Blanc. You like white wine? I prefer red wine, but you know, red wine can sometimes give you a headache. Uh, have you ever tried fit vine? No. What's you would, that? You would love it, and you're Italian, and it was meant for you. It fit is your, vine? It is your genetics. It is your genetics. It is basically, it's a wine that was made for CrossFitters, but ultimately, what it is, it's a house wine in Italy. So, house okay. wines in Italy are pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And they're just made, you know, to have a glass of wine with dinner. And so there's they're lower in sugar, they're lower in tannins, they're lower in sulfites. And the sulfites and the tannins are what give you a headache, I think. Yes. And so, but that's why people can drink wine in Italy. And really? Be like, and be like, hey, let's have some wine. And then ah, I'm going to go to How bed. do I get it? Uh, I I can actually give you Fit Vine. Fit Vine? It doesn't sound very Italian. It, it sounds is, like an energy drink. No, or so it's it's also it's right here, but it's it's made for like CrossFitters. Really? Technically, it gives you, I'm not technically, I know this per personally is you don't have a hangover the next day i can drink a bottle of fit vine at night <laughs> and wake up and bang out a four mile run easy peasy stop and, and so here was my epiphany so fit vine hits the market with the podcast people and they start you know hey you want to do it and then and i think we're like most of us there's a skeptical side of everything and i try it and you go and i think there's a lot of people that are like i'm i think i know my favorite wines you know i like a france and four Coppola or whatever I start drinking it. And I was like, "It's not that bad," and I'm I'm, not, I'm noticing that I'm not getting hungover, but I I'm also going like, but I also have a pretty quick resiliency. My turnover rate's pretty good. I go to Serbia, and I go the first night to buy a bottle of wine, and I go to the grocery store, and I can't find a bottle of wine over seven dollars, and I'm like, "I am not drinking garbage wine," and and they say to us, the lady says, "We don't." We're not a, a rich country, so we're not going to have an extensive wine collection. Even in the biggest grocery store you can find, you're not. No one's spending twenty dollars on wine because if they have twenty dollars, they're going to spend it on other stuff. Like no one's spending that on wine. As a matter of fact, a lot of us just make our own wine. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, we make our own wine. And so I get a, some of these Serbian wines, and they're really good. But I notice I'm not getting any hung, hangover. And they say to me, they say. They say to us in Serbia, yeah, it's because it's not a super complex wine. Super complex wine sits and it gets tannins and sulfites. And, and there's, that's the complexity. Oh, wow, the, the oakiness and all that shit that you hear. This wine's just as fucking good, but you get no hangover in Serbia. And so I was drinking a bottle of wine at night in Serbia, getting up the next morning and running four miles every day. And I was like, I feel fucking amazing. And then I come back and I do a fit vine read. And I'm like, this is the shit they were talking about in Serbia. And then I talked to the fit guy guys personally. And they're like, yeah, it's basically... 
It's like Italian house wine. It's like when you go to Italy and you drink wine, you have a great time, and you wake up the next morning, you go, how come I'm not hungover? Is it because I'm on vacation? Like, this is fucking great. Bert, you've sold me. I, I will I will get you fit fine to take home. I'm excited. Do you eat edibles? Um, I mean, <laughs> I have. Those make me nervous. Oh, no, is that rain? Is that rain? Fucking awesome. I love that. <laughs> you don't need to drink, Bert. You're like oh, fun. That's so fucking great. We're great. We're, oh, we get you out of here. We'll leave. We're going to wrap this. We'll, we'll wait till it starts pouring rain. Hey, Pete, can you grab an umbrella? Um, How long have you lived here? Uh, since I got back from Serbia. So almost two years. How? What were you doing a year? in Serbia? You were doing stand up in Serbia? I was Serbia? doing uh, the movie. Whoa, that's yeah. so cool. So is this like a big thing that's coming out for you? Like you're starring in a movie? Well, we can't get it to come out. That's why I leaked. I leaked the trailer on Rogan because there was just like, I think people were, I, I think there was a lot of things going on. I won't speak for anyone. But I, from what I understand, the, the whole Ukraine-Russian thing, uh, there was a lot of people that I think were a little concerned out. that this was a movie that maybe would upset people but it's it's definitely not and we played the trailer no one said actually no one has said anything online about like the russian serb anything so it's kind of you know so i think that's good it's a good feeler i think the the studios i know the studio is very happy or at least the people i talked to at the studio are very happy that the reception's been kind of through the roof so awesome yeah i'm so happy for you well, thank, no i'm happy for you can i is this mine or do you take this back you can you? have it and uh, give it to leon i'm gonna give it to leon <laughs> <laughs> by the way I, on our honeymoon this woman came up and uh i was very loud on our honeymoon and i would stand in the water and i would face all the chairs on the beach and i would it was like i was doing stand-up but i would just talk i would talk and i would drink and uh and this woman comes up to leanne and goes hey um i just finished this book and i thought bert might like this and leanne goes ah you don't know my husband at all <laughs> she goes why and she goes bert doesn't read and she goes, well, tell him to read those. But she goes, oh, no, no, not that he doesn't read. Like, he legit doesn't. Like, he's also dyslexic. He doesn't, he he won't read. And so she goes, well, give it to him anyway. And so this lady gave me a fucking book. She goes, you might want to read this. And I was like, I go, I don't read. And she was like, yeah, but you might want to try. So I will give this to Leanne. She will read it. Um, it's called The World Deserves My Children, and it's comedic essays on different aspects of motherhood. To my mother, my children, and my children's children. That stuff makes me cry. Well, because I do feel that, like, you know, there's we're, we're faced with so much in, like, you know, in environmental catastrophe, and is it right to have kids? And, you know, I think that we can't just let the idiots have kids. You're just going to read it right now? No, no, no. I'm, I like this. So, what, so what's it like being a mother is first chapter. My childhood. My childless adulthood, which that, is that was a nice twenty years. Yeah, that's. I mean, those are the fucking salad days. <laughs> Forty-two and pregnant, freeze your eggs. Not partners, partners, help and free pay. I love that. Help free and paid. Free and so, paid. You know, sometimes these. I don't know how your parents or her parents have been, but you know, sometimes the people you think are going to be good with your kids are not, and you have to just hire people. You want to hear a great story? Yes. So we go to uh, Aspen film festival or comedy festival and i have a movie that i'm in or a tra whatever movie that i'm in that's premiering there and so we have a big fucking thing my my parents are like we should come out i'd love to support you well, it was great my sisters are like well we want to come out 
We're like, oh, great. Why don't you guys come out? We'll bring the girls out. We'll meet you. Go. Big snowstorm hits. We can't land in Aspen. We have to drive from Grand Junction into Colorado. My parents were already there with my sisters. And as we get there, we are, um, even in telling this, my, my parents are going to get upset. They'll be like, whoa, that's not what happened. We, I, I get sick. I get a virus. Oh. And, and I am throwing up the day I get there. I'm throwing up. I feel horrible. I remember uh, the next day I feel, felt a little better and the premiere was that later that afternoon. And so we go and I'm feeling better enough to go to the premiere and Georgia throws up on me at the premiere. And I'm like, oh God, so they grab Georgia. Uh, we get her home. That next day, Georgia's sick. That night, Leanne gets sick. Oh no. And I wake up the next morning to find out, Leanne, not only is Leanne sick, Georgia's still sick. My parents and my sisters in the middle of the night left. <gasps> they were like, we don't want to get sick. I mean, I kind of don't blame them. I, it, it, I, I'm on your parents' side. I called my mom and my mom was crying in the airport. She goes, uh, they made me do it. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay. My dad just got the phone. And he was like, buddy, we're not getting sick. It's your family. This is what you do. Good luck with your family. And I was also hung over from also being sick and going out in Aspen. And I put belts. I took a belt and put a belt on me. I put a belt on Georgia and a belt on jo Isla. And I sat in the bed and just... And if it, like, Wait, why did you guys need belts? Because I didn't want to lose them. I didn't want them... If I fell asleep, I didn't want anyone getting out of the bed. What? So I belted us. What? I, I, I wasn't the best parent, Natasha. I belted us. How old were the children? You could figure out. I, I, I don't know. Like toddlers? I don't know what toddler means, but yeah. <laughs> under Young, five? Under five. Okay. Probably like three and five. Maybe okay. three, four and two. It is funny, though, because they all want to come for the glamour and the fun of Aspen. But then the second you're sick, you know. Uh, so that Leanne's going to love this book. Um, well, I'm really excited for her to read it and tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Is this your real child? That is, yes, but you can't really see her. Right? Yeah, no. Well, why do you? Are you weird? Are you guys weird about? I, I, and by the way, I, I wish I could put the toothpaste back in the tube with that one because yeah. I shared my kids way too much. Really? Eh, I mean, I didn't. I made. I made. I made Isla definitely famous without asking her. And mm. That was. A, was she a, mad about it? No, but you can definitely see the side effects. Mm. Like they don't. They don't trust anyone. Like neither of them, like Georgia and Isla both. I've talked about them on my act. Like some girl came up to Georgia, at her new college, and was like, "Hey, you're Georgia, right?" And Georgia goes, "No." <laughs> she, the girl goes, "Okay, but what dorm are you in?" She says, "She's like, do you know dot dot dot?" Georgia, like, I do, and she goes, "You're not Georgia." She goes, "No, why? Who told you?" She was like, "Why? Well, I'm friends with dot dot dot." And Georgia goes, "Oh yeah, I'm Georgia." And she goes, "The girl goes." <laughs> The fuck are you doing and she goes i just i don't know i don't know you and so but that energy is both of them have it they don't like people knowing them that they don't know yeah i i really struggle with that because now it's like everything i want to talk about so much of my life is children and then my daughter will be like mom don't say something that i said like if she hears me tell a friend something she said that i thought was funny she gets really mad so I'm like, well, this isn't going to age well. Like, what, she's going to watch a Netflix special, me, like, talking shit about her? Like, so I guess I'm going to not do a special and just tour. <laughs> hey, by so the way. So there's no proof? Yeah, no, or just do a, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I have to run everything by Isla and Georgia now. I got to uh, do for, hey, big boy, I had to let them, 
know because I talked about Isla getting her period. Oh, yeah, it was a great bit. <laughs> put it through college. Yeah, it put <laughs> it put everyone through college. It's paid for everyone's teeth. Paid for, <laughs> like we're all. Well, that's good. a really hard thing to to figure out how to do it. I that's something I'm struggling with. So I would be so it's so funny. Immediately, my brain goes. I would if. If me and Leanne were both comics, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I get the Isla material. I get the George material. You got to do your own stuff. Like, I don't, like, I would be. Oh, you're already thinking of fighting over. Of fighting between you and Moshe. She says something fucking brilliant. Both of you guys, like. Uh, He can take it. And then she'll like me more. Leanne, it's not a bad, Leanne would call me and go, like, the other day she called me and she goes, "Uh, your daughter said the funniest fucking thing. And I said, what? And she goes, and I can say this because I'm not going to put it in a special. She goes, she wants to start an OnlyFans page and post pictures of her feet. That's, <laughs> and, and I said, do you know what they're going to do with those pictures? She goes, oh, I told her. I said, Isla, do you know what happens? What people are going to do with those pictures? And she goes, Mom, once I've gotten their money, I don't give a shit what they do with those <laughs> pictures. <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh. um, Congratulations on, uh, on the book. Thank you, Bert. I'll uh, never write another one. So I will never write another one. It was, sucked. It sucked. So, and by the way, uh, your your husband's book, Cashier in the Rye, is great. Is amazing. And from what I read, I gave it to Leanne. She loved it. <laughs> but I started reading it. And I was like, oh, he's like a, he's like Patton. He's like a legit writer. No, he's a really great writer. And yeah. I I enjoyed writing it eventually, but it was just a very very hard and much different than doing stand up and not as enjoyable. Yeah, it's a very solo activity. It's very and it's and it's the the tax of like. Hey, just so you know, we need a uh, hundred pages by Wednesday. You're like, I don't know if you can tell, but this is kind of light. <laughs> this uh, was like, I wish I had my book. You could see what light looked like. This was like as much as I, it was definitely on the light side, Did but you, I'm like, who cares if it's like 20 pages shorter than like, can what I they tell want? you the mistake I made? I wish I could go back. Bigger and font pictures. Oh yeah. Pictures would have been good, but pictures were hard because they wanted like the actual you know, first generation picture of something. I don't know how to get those. Night nurses cost about 10 to $20 more than a regular nanny. So I had to beg my husband to be on board. <laughs> oh, you're just like, oh, that's a cute way of, of reading. Just kind of open it up. And yeah. um, I'm going to read it on stage tonight at Largo. So maybe, Are you I'll, really? maybe I'll just do what you did. Just like open it up to a random thing. Yeah, that's like my <laughs> wife when she tells a story. It's like she has no point to it. She's like reading. <laughs> Um, well, so when I see my husband late night scrolling for RVs for sale, I get nervous. <laughs> we have two, although I've laid. I wish, you know what? Can I can I tell you? Uh, I want to do. Sam Talent did something very interesting where he had other people read chapters of his book for him. Oh, that's cool. My book did phenomenal on the audiobook sales, mm. uh, like top ten for two years, I think. Uh, I never saw any money of it. It was I got a shitty deal. I got like three grand to do an audiobook, but I'm a bad out loud reader. So and they left it in. The fucking editor left all of it in, and it was hilarious. Your mistakes? Yes. <laughs> Why did they it leave was, it in? Because the guy couldn't stop laughing, and he was like, "I think this is a much better book this way." And he gave it to the things I didn't like. Know what kind of things would you say? You'd be like, "Oh fuck, not that." No, I'd be like, I would, I would be reading, and then I'd be like, "This is is it fucking hot in here?" Oh, holy shit. I'm like, I'm going to take my pants off. Are you cool with me being in my underwear? Stop it. And, and you'd be like, yeah, it's all left in. And at one point when I get to the end, it took me 25 hours to read through a five-hour book. It was a five-hour audio book. And I had, it took me 25 hours to read it. And he left his favorite 
things of me losing my shit. That is so funny. And it's and it's me mispronouncing words. And then at one point I go, who the fuck wrote this thing? <laughs> and the guy goes, you did. You should be able to read it a lot better. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. Um, congratulations, Natasha. Thank you, Burton. Thank you for being so supportive. Oh, always, always. I, I absolutely adore you and Moshe. I, like I said, I'm envious. You guys have such a cool energy between the two of you. And I think you, I've thought this since the first time I ever met, you've always been very, very kind to me when people didn't need to be. When people were seeing past you. You did not. You were actually, you did, I, 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 your energy was hilarious. You're like, you're my, you're my brother's favorite comic. I'm not really sure why. I said that. <laughs> and I go, and then I think I followed with, do you know I have a lot of friends that got raped? And you were like, I think that's just you. It was the same conversation. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you remember that. Yeah, cause... I do. Yeah, well, it's it, when like, when people are nice to you and they don't have to be, that sticks with you forever. And like, uh, and I remember, I remember, uh, yeah, I remember just no one had a bad word about you. And I was like, oh, she's so pretty and she's so funny. And then I don't you know, you are kind. friends with Ari. No, not then, not then, not then, <laughs> not then, and not for a period of time in between. <laughs> um. Well, thank you so much, and I'm so happy for you. Oh, it's my wife. Uh, I'm wrapping up a podcast with Natasha Legero. She wrote a great book Hi, called Leanne. "The Will World you... Deserves My Children," and and Amazing. yes, will you read it to your husband? And she was wondering if you'd read it out loud to me. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Natasha. I feel closer to you after this conversation with Bert because he has so many sweet things to say about yeah, you. Yeah, like you look better with a thin, old face. No. <laughs> he was saying you look better now than you did like 20 years ago. Oh, that's just because he's in love with me. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a very sweet man. All right, we're wrapping up the podcast. So I'll call you back later. I love you. Bye. Um, you're lucky. I'm, I am the luckiest person you'll ever meet in the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> there, that put put that on my tombstone and say it at my fucking funeral. They got him. They finally got him. Congrats. Okay, thank you. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.